Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope your language learning is going well. This podcast is, of course, the place where we talk about all things language learning. So if you're learning a new language, you're in the right place. Please uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's funny, isn't it, how people say don't forget as if it's like, as if it's something that you'd already planned to do. It's just, it's just, I'm sure you didn't listen to this episode intending to subscribe, but not actually subscribe. It's one of those things that we say, isn't it? Don't forget to subscribe. Okay, I'm going to change that round and issue a command. Subscribe to this podcast. If you're not already subscribed, go onto the iTunes app or the Google Play, whatever you use to subscribe to pod, to listen to podcasts. Look for the I Will Teach You a Language podcast and hit that subscribe button. That is my command. <laughs> Don't forget. What's that all about? Anyway. Subscribe to the podcast. This is where we talk about language learning every single week. So if you're trying to learn a different language, a new language, this is the place where you're going to get motivation and tips to carry on in your journey. Tips like something I received, a very nice email I received from Jonathan recently. And um, I like to read out emails, for, uh, nice emails from people. I don't read out the, the, the not so nice ones because I do get some, quite a few actually. <laughs> it's amazing the kind of things that people will send you over email when they... Uh, when they, uh, well, not even anonymously, actually. People, people are funny, you know. People say the strangest stuff. Anyway, Jonathan isn't funny. Jonathan's cool. And he said, Hi, Ollie. Thank you for your work in encouraging others to learn languages. Your advice about not learning two languages at the same time has probably saved me a year of frustration. I, I was trying to learn Dutch and Chinese at the same time. I like the format of your podcasts. Keep it up. And that's from, from Jonathan. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, well, what can I say? Learning two languages at the same time. If you've got the will and the and the desire, then you know, go for it. But I think for most people, who most people would, if you haven't ever felt that the or experienced learning a language from the beginning to actually, you know, the point of being able to use it quite fluently, like that is kind of the big elusive thing, right? And actually experiencing that process of learning a language to fluency is so powerful that I think for most people who would even would like to learn two languages at the same time, it's probably better to focus on one and just give yourself the gift of that experience, the experience of learning one language to a high level, because there's, there's nothing like it. So I'm glad that worked for you. Jonathan, we have a related question today. But before we get to that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. Now, whatever language you're learning, you probably have doubts questions maybe you just want a more experienced person to come and help you out and give you a bit of motivation or set you some give you some structure to follow and language lessons are what most people go to for this but there's no need to sign up to expensive face-to-face inconvenient um, evening classes around you you can take lessons online over skype and it's an extremely convenient way to do it and you can get some of the most experienced teachers out there to help you and italki is the best place to do that you can find professional teachers uh, who speak all different kinds of languages, who live in all different parts of the world. So even if you're looking for a specific dialect of Arabic, you will find it there on italki. And you can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Okay, without any further ado, let's hear today's question from Kristen. Hi, Ollie. My name's Kristen. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I've 
been studying Bahasa Indonesia for a few months now quite consistently. At least an hour a day is my minimum, but I try to exceed that. Uh, most of the time I have good days, I feel really motivated and I'll get little quick wins that make me feel strong and where I'm at in my learning. But uh, then I have other days where I feel like there's so much more for me to learn. How I envision it is me standing in front of a huge ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and knowing that I can swim, but I can swim across a lake. I can't swim across an ocean, and it just feels so impossible. So I was wondering if you have any advice on how to get through this and continuously stay motivated, even though it just seems like so much and such an impossible feat. Thanks. Hey, Kristen, thank you very much for your question. And I think everybody listening will be able to relate to that. Uh, so you're not alone. That's the first thing to say. Um, motivation is a moving target. You know, it's something that you always have to have to be thinking about. And I think really motivation is the gatekeeper to learning languages. And it's, it's, it's why it's so important to talk about motivation. Because if you ultimately, it doesn't matter how good your study techniques are, right? If, you, if you're not motivated then you're not going to sit down and, and, and study in the first place. So so really, motivation is one of the most important things. I still study uh, struggle with motivation. It's always a little bit different. It changes from project to project, language to language. And it has as, as much to do with what, what else is going on in my life as anything else, right? So it's very, very personal. I think um, the, 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 the time that I remember... Most recently, where I really kind of had this feeling, I love your metaphor, by the way, of like standing in front of an ocean and knowing that you can swim, but not knowing whether you can reach the other side or even be able to see the other side. Right? I think the, the, the most recent time that I, that I experienced that was probably when I was learning Cantonese. And I'm not actively learning Cantonese anymore. It's, um, I, I, I still speak it from time to time, but I, I don't, I'm not actively studying it. But there was a time, you know, a couple of years ago when I was studying Cantonese quite actively. And uh, I, I remember being in Hong Kong for a little while. And I actually remember sitting down on the bus. I was taking a bus from one place to another in Hong Kong. And I was, I remember sitting down to study and listening to this, 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 uh, this audio that I had. And then I listened to it through once and I just pressed stop. And I sat back in my chair on the bus and in the seat and I just thought exactly what you just articulated, which was I could keep doing this every day for the next five years and I still wouldn't be any further ahead. <laughs> or I, at least I feel like I wouldn't. What's the point? Like what really, what is the point when everything I'm doing is just, well, I'm just, I just seem to be moving so slowly towards my goal. And then if you have those feelings, then really what it, what do you have to do to pick yourself up and say, actually, no, this is worth my, this is worth my time. This is worth so much of my energy. So I, I get it. I know exactly what it is like. Now, if you've learned a lot of languages before, then every time you learn a new language, you get confidence, you gain in confidence about your own method. And I think a lot of this comes down to you having the confidence, Kristen, about what you're doing. If you've learned five languages before, all, all using the same method, then you're not going to be doubting what you're doing, but I think at the root of what of what's going on here is you your is is a doubt as to whether or not what you're doing is working. Right? You're sitting down. You sit down to study for an hour, but it doesn't feel like you move any further forward. 
and this is the this is this is the really the experience of learning a language it is it, it's that it is the experience of actually doing a lot of work but not being able to observe your progress moving forward in a tangible way when i talk to to um language learners around the world often one of the phrases that comes up most often is i need to feel like i'm making tangible progress because that's what we're used to from other areas of study uh, even the way we used to learn languages at school right there is a feeling of tangible progress because you get given a new grammar structure to learn every week you get given tests and stuff the trouble is that that stuff doesn't really work but we like it because of the the, the psychological side of us that looks for um looks to measure what we're doing likes the fact that there's some structure to it but the trouble is with language learning it doesn't work like that it's not the case that you do one hour of study and you're one hour further forward you can do dozens and dozens of hours and not feel any particular progress but the great thing that experience brings you is that you know that that progress comes and often it comes at the most unexpected times recently i've been learning Jap- um, focusing on japanese a lot recently and i had this experience where I was, uh, you know, I've been reading every day. I've mentioned this a few times recently on the podcast. I spend every day uh, reading at least half an hour a day. And, um, you know, most of the time I could, I could read for every day for a week and I won't notice any difference. But then there was one moment a, a month or so ago when I remember walking down the street and I went to actually, no, I went to actually to visit, uh, to, I went to a Japanese event and I listened to this, to all these people giving these talks in Japanese. And I was like, man, I understand so much more than I did a couple of months ago. And that was a wonderful experience. And it's those kind of experiences that you really have to latch on to. But accepting that they're not going to come every day or even every week or even every month is a really big step forward in, in staying motivated. Now, Kristen, in your particular case, three months you've been learning, that's not a long time. Okay, so let's get some perspective here. Three months is actually quite a short time. I don't know if you've got any language learning experience, um, you know, if you've learned any other languages before, if you have any reference points. But uh, Indonesian is obviously very different from, um, I guess you might have studied French at school or Spanish, perhaps, if you're in Canada. Uh, so this is a different language. It's going to take longer. I find that learning Asian languages... Um, it just takes longer for your brain to adapt. Three to six months is kind of a minimum for your brain just to start to wrap its head around the the language. So, so you're just at the beginning, okay? So keep that keep that in mind. Let's also recognise that this is a psychological problem, a motivation problem. It's not a language learning problem. All right, that hour a day you're doing, I'm sure you're you know you you, you sound very smart. I'm sure that you're doing sensible things with that time. And so don't make the mistake of thinking that you're you're wasting your time or you're not learning because I guarantee you you are. It's just happening in the background, okay? So let's talk about a few things that you can do to stay motivated because I think that it's all very well for me to give you this kind of motivational pep talk. But, but, but sometimes, you know, if you are feeling demotivated, then it's... I think the best way to think about this is right. Let, let's let's almost throw language learning out the window here and do whatever it takes to stay motivated. Okay, I would quite I'd be perfectly happy for you to uh, stop studying so effectively and so efficiently if the result of that of this change was that you're more you're more motivated overall. Because again, once you lose that motivation, it's curtains, right? So a few ideas, well, a few things that I do if I'm feeling this this kind of this motivational challenge. First of all, do a complete 360 in your study, right? Which means try something totally different. 
this is often one of the most effective things of all because it immediately gives your brain a, a kind of a, a fresh start, gives you a different perspective on the language. So if you have been studying by yourself, why don't you try taking some lessons with a teacher or vice versa? If you're if all you do is take lessons with a teacher, try studying by yourself. That's a very different dynamic, you know. Your brain engages in a different way when you're face to face with someone or learning by yourself. If you have been studying, um, if you've been let's say you've been you've been reading a lot, and all you all you do is spend your time reading, well, stop that and try listening instead. If your, the way that you study is generally through, um, you know, kind of textbook learning, learning rules and stuff like that. Stop that and spend all your time getting immersion through listening and reading instead. So try something totally different for a period of a, of a few weeks. So you, you, that, that's the easiest way to hit the, the reset button. Next is to make sure that you're doing something that really excites you. When you started learning Indonesian, I'm sure you had a reason, right? It was I imagine it might have been to visit Indonesia and to speak when you're there. And so let's recognize that if speaking is the thing that you want to be doing, then start doing that now. It's very easy to say, okay, I want to speak a language, but then you spend years with your head in a textbook. It's no wonder that you get demotivated, right? So start doing the things today. Start doing today the things that you will, that you actually want to do in the future, but when, you know, when you're actually fluent in the language. That way, at least you're engaging with the language in the way that's most motivating to you, most authentic to you. Next tip is to is related to this, this idea that that language learning doesn't move in a linear direction, and this is to find strength from your daily practice. One of the things I really have learned to do as a language learner myself is to trust in the process. I try to never look for that outcome, the result, you know, the day that I'm fluent or the day that I know all the Chinese characters or whatever. And instead to draw my motivation from the daily practice, sitting down every day to study or to read or to listen, whatever it is for an hour, knowing that that is the key can, can really help to pull you out of that, of that motivational slump sometimes, because just knowing that you're doing the right thing, knowing that intellectually, you can draw strength from that. You know, it's like when you go to the gym every day, you don't expect to get a six pack overnight, right? But you know that going, the act of going is powerful. And so you kind of have to you just have faith in that, you know, that it's good for you, right? So the daily language learning practice, when you sit down, recognize I am in control here, I'm doing the right thing. This is power, this is strength. And, and you know, use that to, to drive you forward. Lastly, Something that I'm really interested in at the moment is mindfulness. Now, mindfulness meditation is uh, is something that um, you, most of you, I guess, have probably heard of. It is really one of the the big revolutions that's going on in, in certainly in mental health, but also in, in just holistic health in general. Because what mindfulness does is it really allows you to. It, it is the most effective antidote to stress and to lots of different you know, psychological quirks that we have. And I, I won't get into mindfulness now. Uh, that's a topic for another day. But I would, if you are familiar with mindfulness, then try to apply some of the techniques from mindfulness meditation to these emotions of frustration and overwhelm. So, you know, Kristen, when you were saying that, you know, you, you kind of, you just sit and you have this feeling of, of staring out across the ocean and not knowing where that where that leads to. 
Well, try just try to just, just sit with that emotion and, 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 and magnify it. Try to really examine that emotion from all different angles. So you can, you can, you can try, this is going to sound very woo woo to some of you, but, but, but just trust me with this, right? So I do this thing every morning where I, I, I do a certain amount of meditation every morning and it is just, it's such a rock in my day. And one of the techniques that I practice is to take emotions that are, that are, that you're experiencing and just examining them as closely as possible. So let's say you're, let's take the emotion of overwhelm, you know, that feeling that you get when you're stressed, where you have so many things going on and you just don't know how to, where to start prioritizing stuff. Take that feeling, close your eyes, take that feeling and try to pinpoint the source in your body of that emotion. So where are you experiencing that emotion? Usually for me, like feelings of overwhelm, I tend to feel it like in, in that area between my stomach and my chest, you know, right in the center of the body. It's kind of a tightness there. So just go, like dive headfirst into this feeling of, of overwhelm and identify where is that in the body. Locate that in the body and then just try to investigate that feeling from all different angles. And what you, you stick with that for a while, for a couple of minutes, just looking at it. And what you find is that when you really examine an emotion in depth, this is something I learned from Sam Harris, the, the half-life of the emotion is very, very short meaning it's impossible to stay in that emotional state for very, very long. The more that you examine this feeling of being overwhelmed, the less overwhelmed you'll be and the more you might find after just sort of five minutes of sitting quietly with this emotion, what happens to me is that I, I will then come out of that the other end and think, well, actually, okay, it didn't really make sense to be feeling all of that. Now let's just get back down to language learning and just you know sit down and get you know do the thing that you were supposed to do. I think, like, I don't know how how you will be reacting to this, to what I'm talking about here. I think for those of you who are familiar with mindfulness, you will know exactly what I'm talking about, and uh, and so hopefully that is that's helpful. Sometimes when we have these feelings of of frustration or of overwhelm, the the the, the very real effect of that can be to stop us doing the things that we know we should be doing, and so spending time dealing with these emotions rather than kind of running away from them uh, is, I think, an extremely emotionally mature way of going about it and you know the more that you can learn that and the more that you can get better at that uh the better this is something that i've learned a lot from uh, from sam harris and his his work with meditation i find it such an incredibly powerful thing in my life i've been i've been uh, you know experimenting with meditation on and off for a number of years but it's now something that i do every day and is makes a massive difference to to my life so let's just quickly recap those tips that I've been over for Christian. So number one, do a complete 360 in your study. Try something totally different. Number two, make sure you're doing the thing that most excites you. So if you want to speak, make sure you're finding a way to speak the language, not just study it. Number three, find strength from your daily practice. Know that by turning up every day to study, you are on the right track and draw strength from that. And then fourthly, if you're into mindfulness and that kind of thing, try to apply those techniques to the emotions of frustration and overwhelm that you that you feel and try to see if you can just tame those emotions and use that technique to get more consistent with your learning so i hope that's helpful it's very difficult to know how to you know how to how to tackle a big topic like this but that's what i got for you if you would like to ask a question like Kristen did please go to i will teach you a language.com forward slash ask that's a-s-k i will teach you a language.com forward slash ask and at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind. 
on the topic of the show. And I think, you know, this, this mindfulness thing, if you're not, if it's not something that you're really familiar with and you'd like to investigate it more, uh, there's really nothing that I would recommend more. <laughs> it's fantastically powerful. My favorite app for this is the waking up app by, from Sam Harris. And it's not cheap actually, but it is life changing. If you've never done mindfulness before, then you owe it to yourself, I think, just to, to try it for a month and just see what happens. And this is especially especially important for you if you ever suffer from stress or, or any other kind of stress-related experiences. So you can find it on the, on the App Store. Just go to the App Store and uh, search for Waking Up. I believe there's an Android version as well, so you can try searching for that in, the, in Google Play or, or, or whatever, whatever, the, whatever the, the Android version of the App Store is called. I lose track of this stuff. So that's the Waking Up app by Sam Harris. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's expensive, but you know, I think for most people, you know, if you, to, get, to make sure your mind is fine-tuned, there is not much of a better investment uh, than that. So I'll leave you with that, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then you're going to love some of the email courses that I've created. These are completely free email courses, which are written specifically for different languages and different levels. I've spent years writing these things. So whether you are a intermediate Spanish learner or a French beginner or Japanese advanced, whatever it may be, I've got email courses that give you some of my best tips for learning those languages at different levels. So whether you're struggling with how to get started, whether you want to know how to understand native speakers when they're talking really quickly at you, whether you want to get better at learning grammar, I've got stuff for you that I send out completely free over email. If you'd like to get these tips, then please go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll get them sent out to you right away.